Hello, and welcome to Follow the Woo podcast, where each week I, Fenelon Kush, will guide you on a journey into the land of the woo. We're going to investigate witchcraft, meditations, the paranormal and supernatural, alien and fey encounters, gurus, shamanism, and, and, and all the woo. So hold on to your butt. This just might be the weirdest part of your day. Hello, humans. I hope you had a good weekend. I know that the new moon in Aquarius was kind of weird for some folks, including myself, although I've been in kind of a funk. And that funk is actually something that we talk about in this episode, which is part two of my chat with Jen Marie. Said funk is from too much mundane and not enough magic. I get funky when I don't spend enough time connecting with my spiritual self and practicing magic and working with others who are also working in magical spaces, I get weird. It's kind of like I get weird when I'm alone for too long. (laughs) I start to like get twitchy. So like I said, this is a part two. So I do recommend that you go listen to part one first so that you know where we are in the conversation. But in case you don't go back, Jen Marie is a neurodivergent high priestess. So she's a witch, spiritual teacher, and a shadow work mentor. And her spiritual leadership doesn't really consist of dogmatic rules and authority. She's very driven to inspire every person she comes into contact with to uncover their own authentic paths to meaning and self-actualization. She also specializes in working with baby witches, or as she likes to call them, new brooms. So if you're thinking about embarking on the path of witchcraft, this might be the episode for you. In part two, we talk about why witchcraft is on the rise, some advice for new brooms, how to handle communicating with most non-human entities, theories on reincarnation and why we forget who we are between lifetimes, how to deconstruct our social conditioning, common misconceptions about witchcraft, and so much more. I will say that there's a trigger warning on this episode. We don't really get into the details of any of this, but we do talk about someone in Jen Marie's life unaliving themselves, and we also talk about childhood trauma. Again, nothing is in great detail at all, but I just wanted you to know that we do kind of talk around it, so if that's triggering for you, you should know. All right, let's get into it with Jen Marie. There's a lot of this like, oh, if you buy the the Moldavite, you know, and shit happens, you went too far. And if you, let's say, go into some deep ceremonial magic shit or dark magic or whatever, whatever, even though we don't like that term. In your opinion, is there a way that you could do that that could cause harm to someone in some circumstances? Okay, so. Yes, give it to this, me. This comes down to beliefs, right? Your beliefs define your lived experience. And so if you believe that Moldavite is going to fuck you up, it's going to fuck you up. 
It's going to, regardless of its natural energetic influence. If you believe that it's going to cause damage, it will cause damage, period. And this is why, again, why deconstruction is so important is because staying on top of your beliefs, staying on top of what you think about things is very, very important. It is way underestimated in magic and it's it's so freaking important. So same thing with if you believe that witchcraft is bad and dark and will cause harm. If there is a part of you that believes it, then that, then yes, absolutely. No, fuck you up, man. That is why educating yourself and working through those beliefs is so important because once you understand what's going on, you, you'll see how like, man, that's super dumb. Like why, (laughs) why did I just set myself up for that? Because like, I mean, same thing with working with other entities and beings. Okay. This is a really good example of this. Okay. So I don't recommend that new brooms work with deities. I don't recommend that new brooms work with other beings or entities so much even if they are aware of it, because a lot of when your clairs start coming on, you're going to become more aware of the, the spirit world, right? That's a natural part of that process, but you have not created discernment yet. Your mind was trained to be subservient. Your mind was trained that you are under attack and you are in danger all of the time. Right. Mm -hmm. So you believe this. So you think that these entities can cause you harm. You think that they are more powerful than you because your brain was taught that you are powerless and that you have to seek outside power in order for you to be safe. Okay. So if you interact with beings that aren't subject to the veil of forgetting like humans are, right? We don't know what they know. And what they know is that you are an incarnated being. You are a physically incarnated being. You have made that connection and alignment. And that is so fucking hard. Choosing to incarnate as a human, knowing that you're going to forget who you are, knowing that you're going to forget why you're here, knowing that this whole process of remembering and everything and the, the massive expansion that happens when you do this, you have as much control over the physical world as you do in the dream world when you are in alignment. So, and those beings know that. And so if they can convince you that you have to have some kind of exchange with them in order to have access to your own power, which is super dumb, then it gives them power, right? They work in the same polarities as we do, as everything does. And so you do have entities that are power over and they will take advantage of your lack of discernment, right? And it creates a foothold and allows them to do all kinds of stuff. And you believe that they have power to do all this stuff. So that's what gets you all like confused and and messed up and sideways, especially when an entity comes in like, oh, I'm a deity. (laughs) I can do all this stuff for you. If you just like, you know, light a candle for me, bring your attention to me when blah, 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 blah. Your attention is your power. And so when you are giving attention to these beings, you're giving your power to, to them in a way, right? You're creating this relationship. And then you have 
power for all beings as well that are working with you. You have a whole team that is working with you because this experience is so important. The human experience is so important. Your whole team is expanding because you chose to do this. Oh, God. I know that's okay. going all sorts of sideways too. Ooh, ooh. I love it. I, love it. Okay, so. <laughs> I saw you like writing furiously. <laughs> so it's important for you to create the discernment to know who you are before choosing to engage. Because how do you know if you even need to engage if you don't even know what you are capable of without all of that? Truth. That's a great answer to the question. Instead of thinking of it as like, oh, if you do this thing and you turn around three times, then some demon's going to come out. You know, it's more like when you're a new broom, if you draw in other entities from interdimensional wherever, we'll get to that, then it, you could, because you don't have a strong foundation in yourself, you could, right. that could get bajiggity fast. Totally. I, now, at the very end of the spectrum of some of that would be something like a possession, right? Like it would be someone right. who had given their power away so often that, and obviously that's quite rare. Well, as far as I know, I think that's pretty fucking rare, but, but that would be something where someone's beliefs mixed with giving away power over and over again to something in the general right. psychic vicinity, right? Right. That's my understanding of it. Like so far. Yeah. Yeah. And my, my experience of it so far on that, what do you feel about evil? You know, how, how do you define that? Or do you, you know, I don't, yeah, it's, it's power over power for like everything is. And I think that when we assign morality to it, it creates an us versus them mentality that I think is dangerous. And I think is counter to connection. Mm. And I, uh, It is a slippery slope and I err on the side of compassion and connection, regardless of the polarity. Why you mentioned how difficult it is to reincarnate in in physical form on planet earth. Why do you think we forget who we are before we come here? I think that authentic choice is key. I think that I, we, oh my God, this is like a very long dive in. Cause I have to like go into a little back history, I guess. I really like the idea that we are bits of the universe experiencing itself. And I believe I mean, it feels like remembering that when we incarnate as a human, that's a part of our evolutionary process. I think that we start as like elements and we eventually evolve into more complex, more sentient beings until we get to this human part, which we forget who we are. We are joined. So we are human and soul connected, right? We've got this symbiotic thing happening. We have to choose connection with our body, choose connection with our environment, choose connection with each other. And it has to be authentic in order for us to come back together, right? I think that the next step after the human experience is a more collective heart-centered experience where we are deeply cooperative, hive mind kind of connection. And we have the opportunity of doing that while incarnated. And that's super cool. That's where I'm I'm trying to get to. <laughs> yeah. But that, for that takes... Yeah, right. That takes empowering each other. And that takes that deep understanding of connection in order for us to do that. But it's possible. I'm already seeing it happen. Yeah. Yeah. 
Do you ever feel the feeling of almost remembering somewhere else? Because I have had that since I was a kid, this feeling that I actually, in my like in my being, I know there is somewhere that operates differently than here. I Mm -hmm. I like remember the feeling. And I'm always like, God, I miss that planet. Like I joke about it, you know. Do you ever have that that feeling of like, gosh, there's almost like an imprint of something that's a little easier than this planet? I think that that was more more so when I was younger. The deep feeling that, you know, the way that I interact is very different from those around me. My understanding, the things that I was interested in was very different than anyone that was around me. I felt like I was on the outside looking in and I did not understand. So I felt very foreign and very alien. And then of course, the complete incapability of conformity, like I could not conform to to what was going on uh, along the, the lines of believing or feeling as if we are all bits of the universe. Uh, the universe is really fucking big. <laughs> and I think that it would be foolish to think that that isn't a possibility that existence on another planet in another like dynamic wasn't absolutely possible. And like from a like scientific witch perspective, how I would do things if I was the universe, if I was the universe and I wanted to see, to fully explore all possibilities. If I wanted to see what would happen through authentic choice, of course I would put it in a lot of different environments. I would try it over here and see what happens and then try it over here and see what happens. Time is like a a construct. And so I think that we've done this a lot. I think we've done it a lot. I think there's no way for us in this capacity to wrap our heads fully around the vastness of our possible experiences. Oh, yeah. I think it could cause psychosis too if it comes on too fast. Right, right, right. I think it's just, it comes back to, again, just how powerful the social conditioning is because we, I I say this a lot, like we are so unfathomably interesting. Oh, I know, right? What the fuck are we doing here right now? Like, and we're just like talking to each other into this thing that, and we pretend like we're not creators. Look at this amazing Mac laptop I have, you know, like- There's so many interesting things happening all the time and the conditioning is so strong Mm -hmm. that we're just like, well, I've got to pay my rent and I've got to, you know, right? and I've totally forgotten about what I like and what I, Mm -hmm. who I care about and what lights me up and all of that. It's just, it steals it from you. It just snatches it. Right. And, and that is like everything. Like it's everything. everything. It's the whole enchilada. It's the whole thing. <laughs> so what do you think is the most common misconception about witchcraft? That it looks like Hollywood. Mm-hmm. I think that it's really important for people to understand that most of their exposure to witchcraft is from a Christian perspective, right? Yeah. Most of it is from a Christian perspective. And That is so fantastic that people are looking for it to look like that and they're not finding it. And so they're like, witchcraft isn't real. And it's like, no, 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 no. You're looking at the the wrong thing. And it's kind of intentional as well. Like I'm thinking of a good analogy. All right. So if there was a tree 
that had fruit that gave, you know, immortality. And so you say this tree has fruit that is a golden color with, you know, sparkles that come out of it. And that fruit is, will give you ultimate power, right? But the truth is that the, the, it's actually a berry bush that has little black berries on it. And you will send people off looking for this golden fruit and they're never going to find it and think it doesn't exist. Mm. That, that this, this magic, this immortality doesn't exist. It does, but it doesn't look like what you were told it looks like. It doesn't work the way that you were told it works because you were sent on a wild goose chase. That's not... That's not Mm. what it's like. Yes, we can time travel. Yes, space works differently for us. Yes, we can see into the future. Yes, we can work with the past. Yes, we do interact with beings. Yes, we can manipulate our environment. Yes, we can manifest anything that we want. Yes, we have all of these powers, telekinesis, teleportation. All of these things are available to us. And depending on your polarity, it can be effortless and a part of just your natural state of being. But we were told that it looks a different way. Mm-hmm. I um, traveled to India to work with gurus when I was in my early 20s. I found this guru in the middle of nowhere in India was like this talk about a wild goose chase. Right. He really did have just to your point of the effortlessness. Like mm-hmm. he he could knew every single thought we were thinking. He knew he was able to make us feel certain ways if he wanted to, but there was really no pushing. He just kind of did it. And so when people say, oh, yeah, yeah, that's not really like no one can really people can really do that. There are people incarnated right now who can do that. But like you said, we're all looking for something that doesn't really quite exist in the way we think it feels or looks. Right. Right. And like the only way that it's presented to them for the most part is that power over way that is Mm -hmm. through force of effort. It's through force of will. And that's a fucking hard way to do it. Like that's the hard way. And that isn't, it's not the only way. Like that's a terrible, I mean, if you're polarized in that way, sure. Great. Like do your thing, but there's another way. And it's a lot easier and it, it just, it's a lot more aligned with just like the natural way of, of being. I mean, I always ask people this. I'm like, of all of the movies that you've seen about witches, when were they good? There are some, but mm-hmm. the overwhelming majority, the witches are bad. Right. And there's like a lot of like taboo stuff and the black magic is going to get you this and that. And there's a lot of focus on black magic. Mm -hmm. purposefully i think like you said yeah right and it's just like nope it does not that's not and i i personally like that people think i don't quote unquote look like a witch you know it's like well wait like what does that even you don't know yeah like it just could look like anything you know (laughs) right you were saying that it's so cool that people are you how did you say you're saying you can't even wrap your head around how people are loving what you were so into and right. why do you think witchcraft is on the rise? Cause it actually is. There was like a huge article about it a couple of years ago that was in Vulture or some, one of the bigger publications. Right. right. I got a few theories, actually. I have a few theories and one of them tickles me deeply because it was like, I think that if you look at organized religion, like a traumatic relationship, right? As an abusive controlling relationship where you had to be something other than you were in order to be accepted, 
you had to follow very strict rules for how you navigate everything, right? Those types of relationships are dependent on isolation. They're dependent on you being distracted and keeping in this view. That's why they discourage outside relationships. That's why they discourage exploration in any way. Don't ever question anything. You have to keep your very controlled perspective. So the whole like nine to five thing, you go to work nine to five, you deal with that emotional turmoil and then you stress drive home and then you figure out something to eat and you watch TV and you go to bed and you do the same thing, right? Over and over and over and over and over again. You don't have any time to really think about anything other than that. And then the pandemic hit and we were isolated and shaken out of our social conditioning. We had time to think about what the fuck is going on? What are we doing? Why am I doing this? We were shown that there are other ways of approaching life other than nine to five, stress traffic home, eat, lather, rinse, repeat, right? So Mm -hmm. that I think had something to do with it. The fact that people could not physically go to be indoctrinated into those things and they started to say, oh, well, life, life isn't what I was told. So what, what's really going on? And I think that because witchcraft was made to be so taboo and made to be so like, you know, fantasticized, (laughs) I know I made that one up. Fantastical, fantastical sized that people naturally started looking there as almost a form of rebellion, Mm. as almost a form of like, I'm going to go out and do the thing that you told me not to do. Like, what is if the church is so like all this shit's coming out about the church? The church is so bad, right? They did all of these awful things and they're saying all of this awful stuff about witches. Like who's, what's really going on here? Yeah. And so people are naturally, well, what's really going on here? And they're turning to witchcraft all for their own reasons. And they will be drawn to different aspects all for their own reasons. I just think that it's great that people are questioning things mm-hmm. and, and starting this process. So that's what I think is going on in it in a nutshell. And I think that that because they're being shaken out of their social conditioning, they're starting to remember who they are a little bit more. And they're starting to to see things. And again, with the, you know, the veils being pulled back all over the place, the, the day of secrecy, the day of illusion is coming to an end. And I've said this, I say this all the time on on my TikTok is what if the mundane is the illusion? What if that's the illusion and magic is what is real? Yes, it is. It is, right? (laughs) It is. is. And this is what our cousins of color have been trying to tell us for so long. Like, hey, wake up. Look at what's really, look at what is real. What is real is the earth is suffering because of the disconnection. We're all suffering because of the disconnection. Yes. That is it. I say I reference this quote a lot. Patanjali's quote, I always remember this one because it just hits the nail on the head, just like what you said. He said, the central act of ignorance is false identification with form. Yeah. It's like we are disconnected from the truth of who we really are. And that's what fucks up everything. Like it is the OG mistake. Obviously, integrating that in 
to my day personally as much right. as possible. And for you, I think as well, right. is the goal, right? Is to be as in a magical open mode as possible. Right. And I love that quote actually, because that is where to start. Like the number one question I get is how do I start a practice in witchcraft? You start right there. You start with you and repairing your relationship with your system, right? And your system consists of your body, your mind, and your soul, right? So get to know that system, reconnect with that system so that you can learn to reconnect with others. So you can learn to reconnect to your environment so that you can learn to reconnect to your magic because that's where your magic is is in all of that and in you. And so, yeah, I love that that quote came up because it's also the first step. That's how we learn that whole, oh man, I could just another side quest. Oh my God. That whole like learning to love yourself thing. I fucking hated that for the longest time. I was like, what the (laughs) fuck does that even mean? Because if you don't have an example of what love is, what the fuck are you supposed to do with that? Like how? What? Right. (laughs) What does that even mean? And so I had to actually teach myself what that was by being self-partnered and doing for myself what I used to do for my partners and learning to love myself. That is how I learned how to effectively Mm. love others as well, because that's how you learn it. You Mm -hmm. start within What do I like? What do I not like? Where are my boundaries? Mm. Right? Where, where, what's going on here? And then you start sharing that with someone else. This is what I like. This is what I don't like. These are my boundaries. What's yours? Mm. Right? And then it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. You do. That's exactly how you become one with the candle flame. It's the same Mm. kind of thing is you understand your boundaries. You understand the boundaries of the flame. You understand the nature of the flame. And then you Mm. become, you choose to come together. It's a consensual thing. Yes. 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 Right. Oh, yes. This whole thing, what we're talking about is why I, I tell people, because everyone feels that something big's coming, right? We can all feel something big is coming. And so many people are like, oh, something big's coming. We got to prepare and it's going to be this big battle and blah, blah, blah. And I tell people what's coming isn't a battle. It's a reunion. It's a reunion with ourselves. It's a reunion with each other, a reunion with our environment. We just have to choose to do that. Mm. We don't have to engage with the battle. I'm not saying that people aren't going to be upset about the fact that so many of us are choosing to unite, but we need to unite. Like we can unite. We just have to deconstruct our social conditioning so that we can actually do that. We Mm. can make a new world. We can make a way of living where we are connected. We just have to choose. That's a great place to start. How do you treat your partners? And, you know, if, if it's generally good and you're focusing more on them, which we usually do, Mm -hmm. then what if you decided to do that to yourself? Right. How would they react if you did that? Yeah. Yeah. That's that's a good filter for compatibility filter right there. This is, this is what I do at SAS mass actually on Sundays at the resource center, we do a spirituality and support symposium. I deeply believe that we are, we all learn from each other's perspectives and every perspective is valuable. And one of my favorite ways of learning was sitting around a fire with a bunch of elders, just talking about magic, talking 
talking about how the world works, right? And so I wanted to kind of create that. And that's what SAS Mass was, just a bunch of magical practitioners that come together just talking about things. It's open Q&A. It's open to the public, right? Yes. So anyone can join SAS Mass. We never know who's going to be there. We never know what perspective is going to be there. And we just talk about whatever. And during like the lulls, someone asks a question and then we all just like tag in and, and share our perspectives about, you know, what a thing is. That's one of my favorite things that we do at the resource center is, is SASVAS for sure. That is so cool. And it's on mm-hmm. Sundays at what time now? At 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. And there's a link on our website, brightanddark.org. It's right up at the top, SAS Mass. You just click right on it and you can join. Now you've mentioned you work with a team. Mm -hmm. What is that like? And how did you get into communication with them? First of all, my primary clear is clear cognizance. So that is something that's been a part of my experience since I was a child. It shows up as testing really well, especially like multiple choice. I can just boop, 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 boop. Right. But that is what I leaned on most of my life was that I didn't work with other entities or anything like that because I had experiences as a child that I, that super freaked me out, especially. And I think this is what you're trying to get. Having an autistic brain makes it to where you're very sensitive to a lot of things. But I would see things in mirrors or dark mirrors, including like windows, TVs that were off, those mm-hmm. kinds of things. I would, I would see things and it would, it would scare me. And so I intentionally shut that off. I would see faces and I would see groups of things. I'm trying to think of all of the things. I would see a lot this like swirling smoke almost with faces that came out. Mm. Uh, That kind of followed me around a lot. Like as a child, I saw faces and everything. Uh, I was a blind kid. So keep in mind that too. So this was my mind putting these things together because I couldn't physically see them. So I would catch them like out of the corners of like my lenses that I had even. So I shut that off for a long time, like clamped that down because I was afraid and didn't know how to interact. And so my mom taught me to just tell it no. You know, she she would advise me on how to interact with the spirit world and give me the confidence of, you know, you have control over this dynamic. You can say yes or no to interactions. So for the longest time, I, I intentionally shut that off. When you shut that kind of door, you shut the whole door. So it's not like you can work with entities that you want, like even your guides, it shuts mm-hmm. it all off. Also thing about your, your spirit guides is that you already communicate with them. You just don't know it. And it's again with the whole, you expect it to be something that it's not. And so you're not aware of it because you think, oh, if they're not like visible, physically visible with my physical eyes, or I don't hear them audibly with my physical ears, that they don't exist. And that's not what that's like at all. They are there. You can tell them how to communicate. You establish communication with them by saying, hey, if yes, this, if no, this, Uh, if I'm on the right track, show me this. You can establish communication with them like that. Best way to, to start that communication with your guides is being open to the possibility of however it manifests. And it, for me, my inner sight about the the situation is 
similar to like if if you're playing a video game, right? Keep in mind, I don't play video games, but I watch a lot of video games. But when you have someone in the room playing a video game and you have other people that have played the video game and know what, what it is you're doing, they're all telling you like, oh, go this way. There's this thing here. There's this thing here. The person playing the video game can choose to do this, right? They're listening to all of this chatter or they can choose not to. And that's what the lived experience is a lot like mm. is that you are making the choices, but you have this whole team like, hey, look at this, or I I did this last time, look at this, or Mm -hmm. lending their like experience in some way. And your team kind of swaps out as well. I've had several siblings transition out of this incarnation and they hung around for months after that transition because of like work that we needed to do together. In fact, it was my baby sister, Giovanna, when she voluntarily transitioned out of this incarnation. She hung out for a long time because our connection was the dark places. We were both institutionalized for suicidal ideation. We were both battled with severe depression most of our lives. And it's where we met. And at the time, I didn't have the skills to help her. I didn't know how to communicate this work with her, the, the shadow work stuff, the deconstruction stuff. And It was her passing that kind of lit that fire of wanting to learn how to communicate these things, wanting to learn how to help people understand their personal connection to their lived experience and understand their purpose and work through empowerment. Giovanna was the catalyst that started the resource center and started me on this whole journey. But yeah, I actually lived in her childhood room after she passed. And she was like right there with me every day as I dove down the rabbit hole of understanding how to teach this stuff. So based on what you said earlier, do you think that you and your sister's susceptibility to depression was partially or wholly from, you know, suppressing some of your gifts or? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. The reason why I was depressed and anxious and disconnected and wanted out was because I knew that there was more. I knew that that there was a possibility of this like deep connection and it wasn't here. I, at the time I didn't know that I was supposed to like create it, but, (laughs) or to, to help create it. But yeah, it was the complete rejection of who I was that caused that. And I had no idea how to actually process emotions. I didn't know what emotions were. So yeah, there was that, that whole disconnect, which would have changed everything. Had I known that then. Do you think that's true for your sister as well, that she was very gifted and. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And she was sort of pushing that down. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Wow. So her death is what sort of catapulted you into the deeper dive into that. Actually, let me, let me explain why. Okay. Okay, So I, I had all of this magical background, studied all of these different traditions, initiated into all of these different traditions. The most frustrating thing about the initiation process was they would say things, you need to do shadow work, but they wouldn't actually say what that was and didn't actually offer any mentorship on how to do that. Mm -hmm. They explained, well, there's parts of you that you accept and parts of you that don't, but they never, they never explained how to actually integrate those parts and what was going on. And that was consistent 
across all of the traditions that I learned until I got to some indigenous mentors and their approach was much more connective. Their approach was very different than what I was receiving from the covens and from even the sorcerer's guild was the same kind of hierarchical thing. I had, it had the ick, right? And I still was dealing with all these emotions. No one ever taught me how to do all of this until Giovanna made her choice. And I dove into, okay, there's got to be another way and fell down a massive rabbit hole of all of that. That is how the foundations program was created, was applying what I learned through traditional magic, incorporating an indigenous approach to having a relationship with the seasons, right? Mm -hmm. And shadow work, which is, you know, fancy way of deconstruction, right? Had I had the foundations program, I would have been able to offer that. Not saying that I could have like saved my sister or anything like that. We all have our own purpose and our life. It definitely gave me the push for sure. It does seem like sometimes we're here to, you know, that could have even been some kind of pact you had together, you know, Mm -hmm. something like that. Absolutely. Such a strong, and I mean this so respectfully, Mm -hmm. but like such a strong contrast like that. It fucking sucks, but it was possibly the thing that really, really gave you permission to go on that path. And obviously, like, I'm not saying it was meant to be. I would. I I actually do. That is my, yeah, I believe that everything that I've experienced throughout my life was necessary in order for me to gain the tools that I needed in order to relate to so many people on the level that I'm able to relate because of the massive amounts of trauma that I experienced in my life and healed from mm. and was able to find balance and an authenticity and able to navigate my life with vulnerability from an authentic choice because the the broad range of severe trauma that I experienced as a child and throughout my life, I have every right to be super closed off and super like removed from from life. But I chose connection regardless. Mm-hmm. I chose yeah. to heal in such a way that I can be like whole and that I'm empowered by my lived experiences and I use my lived experiences to empower others. Yeah. That's awesome. And I love that you always bring it back to choice and empowerment. Mm-hmm. And I think those are words that sometimes get lost when people right. start on their spiritual journeys, you know, and you even mentioned too, that people throw around the term shadow work when you, you know, working with your teachers or whatever, and but then no one tells you how to do it. Right. Well, and and there is some reason for that because we're all going to do it a little bit differently and we're supposed to. And That's why it's so vague. But I tell people all the time, shadow work is more than tissues and journal prompts. That's just the data collection side of it. You need to actually do something (laughs) with the information that you uncover. And that's the do something. There's a lot of different ways to do it. And it depends on what it is that you're actually working through. Mm. And that's, again, why the foundations program, every month we work on a different facet of your shadow. And that facet is chosen in alignment with the wheel, not the wheel of the year, because that's very like 
Wiccan or whatever, but with the seasons. So every full moon has a traditional correspondence associated with it and different traditions have different correspondences. So I've taken from a scaled out perspective, where is it that the traditions agree? And that is what the shadow work is that we're going to be working on that month. So we find that we're working on things that the earth is actually naturally working on because the best place to start shadow works is just fucking start. Just do it. And Dive in. <laughs> we just like, we do it. Let's go back to, we've been talking about the non-human entities and sort yeah. of working with, I think we were talking about deities and things mm-hmm. like that. So from you, this witch's perspective, <laughs> what do you think about yeah. cryptids, aliens, fairies, ghosts? How do you categorize them? If you do, do you work with any of them? Have you had experiences with any of them? And from your perspective, what are they? From my perspective, they are other entities. They <laughs> all fall under the power for all or power overall. I think that that the human experience is just one dimension on this plane. And there's a lot of them going on. And we are all sensitive to those different dimensions in different ways. We're all plugged in in different ways. We're supposed to be plugged in in different ways. And I haven't experienced them in bodied so much like my physical eyes and physical sensations don't pick up on them so much but energetically feeling them yeah I do gosh I'm trying to it's more than I'm trying to think of what I haven't experienced in one way I don't have fear when experiencing entities it's more curiosity. It's a broad subject. And you've named off so many different things from so many different ways of believing. But in a lot of ways, in my mind, it's all very much the same. And the way that they present themselves is based on your perspective and your beliefs of how those things work. So Mm. if you have understanding of the Fae, you're going to see different variations of Fae. Mm -hmm. If you have a deeper connection or belief system with aliens, then you're going to experience them in that way. It's you see what you believe, you experience what you believe through that lens. I think that has more, your beliefs have more to do with it than like the true nature of the being. Because Mm. if you're not embodied, you have a lot more flexibility with how you are presented. What about a situation like aliens are hot right now, right? Mm -hmm. Because the CIA's documents and then all the articles and stuff on people coming forward about seeing UFOs and that UFOs are real and this new documentary on Netflix, all this stuff has just come out you know, within the past few months, or I guess this past year. In that case, do you think someone or someones are collectively like priming us for a belief in something? Do you think aliens are coming? And if they do, will we all see them or only people who believe in them would they see, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, And the answer is yes. (laughs) Damn it. (laughs) Yes. And well, I think that, okay, I think that I don't know everything. It would be foolish to assume that there won't be some kind of interaction or overlap, however that works. I believe that with more understanding, we will have more experiences 
because it opens that belief, right? We're able to perceive them because it is more acceptable for us to perceive them, right? It's almost like we have that permission to believe in that way. Have I personally experienced what would be perceived as extraterrestrial stuff? I haven't, but my lens isn't geared in that direction either. So it makes sense to me why I don't, but I absolutely don't dismiss that it is like very much a thing and very possible and very real. I don't dismiss anyone's perspective on anything, really. If you're seeing shit, then you're seeing shit. Let's talk about it. I'm interested, right? (laughs) What is your lens geared toward as far as the land of interdimensional beings, we'll say, or non-human entities? The nature of my work is very geared to presence. And because I work with new brooms who are just forming their perspectives, I focus on presence. You know, stay here now, pay attention to your perspective and your perception. What are you feeling? What are you experiencing? I'm very big on data collection. Mm. Like, keep all the notebooks, figure if you don't write, Record. If you don't record, paint, collect your data so that you can understand yourself. That's what a book of shadows is for. That's what a book of mirrors is for, is data collection. I encourage curiosity while continuing to remind people that sometimes it can be distracting to Mm. look outside of yourself when you are in this deconstruction phase, because what we're doing is laying new neural pathways, right? And it's so easy for people to go, oh, aliens, another thing for me to worship, another thing for me to like be subservient to and to prepare to another way to distract myself from doing the internal work needed to prepare my perspective to be able to receive something like an extraterrestrial visitation or something like that. Right. I believe the same thing about past life regression and that kind of stuff. It's like, stay here. You're incarnated right now. Everything that you need for this incarnation is right now. Mm. You just need to learn how to read your lived experiences. You just need to learn how to interpret the flow of life because there is a flow of it. And you just got to get to know that. I'm not saying to never explore that. I'm just saying in that first year of deconstruction is so important for people to just like stay here and be open to possibilities. Yes, but let's, let's not go getting obsessed with distractions, right? Yeah. And going to do a bunch of regressions or going to your psychic all the fucking time or whatever, going to a bunch of different psychics, doing all that is actually, it's kind of tricky, but it's actually the dominion adding on. It's the adding on because it's all, I have to find something outside of myself. I have to effort. I have to do all this stuff. It's a tricky one because you could could think that you're doing like all this work. And the reason I know so much about this is because I am guilty of it. I have been the like <laughs> ultimate experimenter and you know it was finally I was like holy shit you have to stop. This is not no. This is not the way to do this. Right. Yeah. Right. I actually people ask me for readings all the time and though I do a lot of different kinds of divination, I would much rather teach you how to do it than to do it for you because doing it for you is a power over dynamic. You can do your own readings. You can, you just haven't figured out how to do that. So let's explore as many different ways so that you can get a feel for it. 
When I started this podcast, it was during the pandemic and I went through, you know, a lot of what you've mentioned in this conversation, these sort of feelings of being really afraid, communicating Mm -hmm. with entities and then entities taking my power and all of, you know, the exchanges with a lot of practitioners through the Zoom portal. Mm -hmm. It was this ride. So I I do think you're right. That first year, you know, maybe hold off on communicating with non-human entities. Maybe just... just be in the present moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is Get to know yourself and your team first. Yeah, yeah. And then go exploring, you know, outside of your team. Just build that discernment. Yeah. I don't want to keep you too much longer, but I would love to know the weirdest woo thing that you've experienced. Just the one where you're like, still to this day, I don't know what the fuck happened. Oh, geez. There's not a lot that I don't know what the fuck is happening at this point. And it's not, and I don't mean that to come from like an, I know everything. There's not a lot that surprises me these days. And even hindsight, a lot of things just, oh, okay. Now I totally know why that happened. Like that makes so much sense. So I am most definitely not the person to ask, is this weird? My bar is, it doesn't exist. (laughs) Like it's like, (laughs) what bar? (laughs) What bar? What are you talking about? It's all weird. And I have crab apple tree on the property. I just moved on and I was going in and like pulling some of the crab apples off because it was very heavy. And anyway, talking to the tree the whole time I'm doing this process, right? Really getting to know it, introducing my energy to the tree and having this whole like experience. And I do that with everything that I engage with. This is who I am. I am like humbly presenting myself to you and honoring you and, you know, opening those shutters that I was talking about and feeling into the tree and establishing this connection and relationship. And then your mind starts to wander. And to an untrained practitioner, your mind is just wandering. You're just thinking about your daydreaming about things. But to an experienced practitioner, it's like, oh, the tree is telling me secrets because I go in directions that are not from me. And back to the claircognizance thing, that's the reason, one of the reasons why I'm able to interact with trees or interact with stones and things like that is is because of the way that I've learned how to interpret the sensations and information that I get. But you can have a whole ass conversation with a tree and talking about the nature of the universe and the human experience. Learning about the human experience from a tree's perspective is really, really interesting. There have been Cause like I lived in the underground witchcraft community for over a decade. Like that was life. Life is witchcraft. Every interaction that we had with like other people in the community is based around this kind of stuff. Magic is real. And I've had experience with all of the things, telekinesis, teleportation, being able to communicate with each other. I have several people that we have formed that bond that we can communicate with each other just by thinking about each other. It's all real. We experience it every single day. We've just been trained to look away. Right. It's the 
the great line that you said earlier, which is that the mundane is the illusion. Like, right. what if, what if, you know, and, yeah. and for you, for that, that very, that was like over a decade, right? You said of, mm-hmm. of being almost like pickled in it, right? Like, yeah, so absolutely. for you, you're like, well, what, how do I even answer this question? Right. <laughs> you know, right. it's, there's so much to pull from. I was so deep in the underground witchcraft, didn't have a bank account, didn't have a nine to five, like, did not engage in mundane life for over a decade. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's unusual. (laughs) It is unusual. I found my connection with that community when I lived in a domestic violence shelter. It was run by a high priestess. And that was my first introduction to community magical practitioners. Before then, it was all like self-taught, kind of led a little bit by my mom. Like, here's this book. And then my dad with the whole like self-initiation into the Golden Dawn tradition, which is nuts if you've ever seen that or experienced that that's like big old fucking thick book and anyway so when i met bell evergreen of shadowloos which i can talk about that coven because it's an educational coven and they used to take in students and they were more open about it but that changed everything like my whole life was was about that and the only reason i came out of the underground and got you know a bank account after many many years was because I wanted to establish community houses, places where we could form community and live together and support each other and all of those. This was before I learned about like what shadow work really was. And so, of course, it was all the drama and chaos that ensues when you have dominion-based programming trying to live in a magical uh, perspective. Yeah. You have to deconstruct your your shit to be able to live with other people. Dang, that's really cool. So I am making my first documentary right now and I needed a cinematographer. And so I started working a spell. It was called web work. I was working with spiders specifically. My wife and I just moved from LA to Louisville for some spooky shit and tattooing. So the criteria was the cinematographer has to be a great cinematographer. They have to be into the paranormal stuff, queer. And I said somebody who is connected to Louisville, Kentucky. And so I just was like working this, but having a great time doing it, not even thinking about it really. And I think it was maybe like four to six weeks later, we had to go to a wedding in Portland, actually. The tickets were super expensive and we weren't really feeling like, but I was officiating. So I was like, all right, let's do this. So we we did it, sat down at a table, at, you know, after the ceremony and there's this human and they're into the paranormal and they're queer and they're a cinematographer and they don't live in Louisville, but they're from Louisville. Oh my God. And I about shat my pants. <laughs> I was like, good God, magic works. Yeah. And the reason I'm telling you this it is because I'd, I'd love to know if you can just remember one of those moments where you had an acute, magically profound, like working of a spell. the entire resource center is that like it is it is that and based on those connections precisely like the entire support team was pulled together through that kind of manifestation magic like almost identical 
all the humans, yeah, were brought together through that. And it has been so cool to witness. So cool to witness. So to be to start it, I guess, Jenna Lemire is my mentor in shadow work. She identifies as a starseed. And she actually helps me with the foundations program, the sacred space meeting, which is the shadow work side of the foundations program, which is cool because she actually teaches mentors how to do this stuff. And she contributes to the resource center, helping new brooms do this stuff. And so it's like, yes. Anyway, so that was the first thing of like, all right, and I'm going to need some help with this. And she's like, oh, I actually, I have time to do this. And I was like, no way. Background story. I've known Jenna since, since I was a teenager. We've lived our whole incarnation together doing this. Anyway, this whole thing has been the manifestation of that. I was inspired by my guides to start the foundations program, to start writing it and start creating it. This is before I even launched a TikTok, before I did anything, I was inspired to do it. So I started doing it. It's like, oh, I need someone that can build me a website. I don't know this shit. I got to have a website for this. And so writing down my list is my favorite way to start my spellcrafts is getting that data, right? What is it exactly that I want, that I need. Boop, 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 list this list. In comes Ricky. Ricky built me the website. I knew from a very like early point that I needed to compensate people what they are worth, what they ask for with all of this. And this is only halfway into the story too, because there's so much buildup to get to this point. So Ricky came on, built that. I was like, oh, I'm not a great writer. So I'm going to need someone to help me write this too manifested someone else came in perfect writer who was able to do it and then my kids were like mom why aren't you on tiktok people are really interested in witchcraft i'm like whatever dude now look at you (laughs) what are you talking about i actually have i still have the video of my daughter showing me how to do recordings and i was like well when i reach like half a million i'll like post that original video as Mm -hmm. i'm like joking with her about how to make a tiktok video Anyway, so she's like, mom, you really like, have you thought about doing this? I'll help you do this. And she even like set it up on her phone. And I'm just like, you can look back on my TikToks and I'm talking about like setting up this program. And it's like half of a thought and talking about some of the leaps of faith I had to do. So at the time I was running full moon circles with another group up here in Alaska. And I was like, I've got to, in order for me to do this thing, I have to step down and I feel bad about needing to step down. And there's this whole like thing. So I took that leap of faith, stepped down. The day that I launched the website for the resource center was the day that my first video went viral. And we had people, yeah, exactly the same day. You can actually look it up. Like, and we had hundreds of witches enroll in the program within a week. And this was a month before it even launched. Right. And so the other cool thing is that the business manager for the resource center is not a witch and she has been witnessing all of this happen. And everyone that is involved in the resource center is way overqualified for what they're doing, but they do it because they love it and they're passionate about it. Right. And so I was like, okay, well, everyone that's going to be involved, this has to be their passion. The thing that just like gets them going. And then I was like, I need to have a newsletter. There needs to be a newsletter for the resource center, fucking around on TikTok and come across Julie Storm, who is Madden Craft. And she has a background in journalism and just like watching 
her videos and her content was like, ooh, something's pinging me here. And so I reached out to her the exact same time that Jenna sends me one of her videos. No. Like it happened at the same time. And I was like, oh, dude, this is really cool. So I sent, and this was before I knew Julie did journalism, right? Mm-hmm. I was like, this person is talking a lot about the same kinds of things that I like I'm into and, and the approach that I have with this. And so I reached out to her. I was like, Hey, let's have tea and just like talk. And we did that. And like 45 minutes into our conversation, she brings up the fact that she was a journalist. And I was like, Oh, I was just doing manifestation about needing help with a newsletter. And she was like, Oh, I was just doing manifestation about needing some side work. And so it was just like, perfect. She helped establish the newsletter through the resource center and eventually got to where I was like, you have a voice, like you have a message that really needs to be shared without restriction and without any kind of filter. Are you sure you still want to be doing the newsletter? And eventually like she, you know, stepped into her power and stepped away from the newsletter and everyone involved was manifested in that way. We need this and boom, they come. We need this and boom, they come. So that is so inspiring because I did one of those and I was like, so startled because it was different than what I had been taught. I did it the way I felt it should be done. I followed my natural, like eclectic style of doing magic. I actually just started another program through the resource center called the Spellcrafters Guild, and it is teaching magic specifically. And from the approach that I do, so based in science, empowering through personal connection and how to explore your personal connection. So when I'm presenting information, it is for exploration and it's from a scaled out perspective outside of any tradition. What are the deeper mysteries of witchcraft? And so it's based on the deeper mysteries and encouraging personal exploration. And I do it in a lot of different ways, but any witch from any experience, any background can join the guild. At any time? At any time. My passion is writing rituals and writing spellcrafts. I love it. It's like poetry. It's just like the most amazing thing for me and teaching people how to write their own spellcrafts and write their own rituals based on alignment with their authentic selves. And that's what the guild is for is basically let's fill up your book of shadows. Let's look into personal correspondences. Let's write spells. And the other cool thing is that it's a hundred percent channeled as a channeled course. So nobody knows what it is that we're going to be working on until we get to like the the spellcraft studio is the one that we do that's channeled. So what happens is everybody shows up and then I take everyone into some kind of meditation or do some kind of divination in order to determine what it is that we're going to be talking about. So it's, it's a hundred percent dependent on who shows up and what it is that we're all looking into. My goal is at the end of the spellcraft studio that we have a page for your book of shadows. The last time we went through working with spirit guides, wait, no, we went through working on with your clairs, how to develop your clairs and how to repair that relationship. And then went through different exercises. And as a part of the guild, I also do a follow-up video from the, the spellcraft studio of a practical application of whatever it is that we went over. Theory right? without practice is what happens too often. It's just a bunch exactly. of theory, theory, theory. And then you're like, well, how do I do any of that? And you, re- I love that 
you focus on the practice. Okay, yeah. like, like here's yep. how you could do this, or like right. let's talk about doing it right now, or or an example of how one would do right. it. And why? Why and would why? you want to do this? I think that knowing why and how is like everything. You got to know the whys. You can't just, you know, use cinnamon for, you know, blowing out your front door every first of the month. And also a part of the the guild is what I'm calling a refinement lab. So once a month, it's an open Q&A about anything about your magical practice. So if you have any places that you're stuck or not quite like catching, we can talk about it. And it's your cousins are all there too. So you're learning from where they're stuck and you're learning what they're questioning as well. So it's very expansive in that way. So I'm super stoked. And it's 25 bucks a month That's for all amazing. of that. Yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> well, here's so. the thing. So I'm just going to tell the listeners right now that I will be joining one of these things at some point. <laughs> it's seriously been a pleasure. I love the way that you look at witchcraft, your experiences with it and how it's evolved for you and the way that you focus on empowerment and choice yeah. and receptivity and all of that is just I'm like buzzing. I'm going to be thinking about this for like the next week. So thank you so much for chatting with me. I really appreciate it. It's an honor. I love sharing this. All Have right. a great rest of the day. You too, Jen Marie. Take care. Well, there you go. If that doesn't inspire you to become a witch, then I don't know what will. Honestly, seriously. Y'all, I forgot to tell you, one of my listeners reached out and said that they were bummed because they have to pay for randonauting. Also, there might be some meowing in the background right now because my cats are going insane. And I don't know if I can stop them. I'm, I just, they're losing their minds. Randonauting, it's something that we brought up in Chris's episode, which is the Buried Secrets parts one and two. Chris has a podcast called Buried Secrets and introduced me to the app called Randonautica. So if you're wanting to randonaut and you're like, oh shit, I have to pay, you don't have to pay. I will tell you how. Let me get out my phone and I have to actually like look at it. So when you download the app, if you go to the like menu on the left upper hand side and then go to shop. Oh my God, the cats are crazy. And then you scroll down past subscriptions and add-ons. There will be something that says owl tokens. Click your daily owl tokens, click claim now, and then you get 150 of those daily. So those really should be enough for you to do all of the randonauting of your dreams. I mean, unless you're trying to do it like for many hours all day, every day. And then, yeah, you do have to pay. Oh my God. Before my cats destroy my house, I'm going to leave. If you want to check out what Jen Marie's up to, first of all, check her out on TikTok. She's got a gajillion followers. Her handle again is at bright and dark one. Also check out her alignment resource center, which she talks about here. It's brightanddark.org. Also, Jen Marie hosts what's called SAS Mass. And it's just this conversational Zoom that she does every week. So if you're kind of just wanting to dip your toes into what it feels like to be a part of a modern witchy network, SAS Mass would be a great place to start. But let us all remember in Jen Marie's spirit that the mundane equals illusion and the magic equals reality. Bye.
Thank you for following The Woo with me today. If you love what you heard, please make sure to subscribe to Follow The Woo wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you're feeling particularly stoked about this show, please leave a review and or rating. You can also support this podcast by becoming a member of The Order of Woo, where you'll get community access and loads of extra goodies exclusively on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash follow the woo. The Order of Woo patrons bolster this podcast and community and allow for the creation of more content, products, services, and events over time. Every little bit helps, and I'm so grateful for the patrons who have joined the order already. If you've experienced something magical, mystical, or just downright weird and want to discuss it, or if you're interested in sharing your expertise, or if you want me to research a woo topic with you or for you, please email me at followthewoo at gmail.com. Join me next week for another woo topic. And remember, tell the truth, be nice to each other, and if it feels right, 